Take your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Judges. We're going to start in chapter 6, verses 36 through 40. And then most of our story today is from Judges 7. But we're going to do just a little bit of the story of Gideon. But he is one of the ultimate underdogs in the Scripture. All right, Judges chapter 6, verses 36 through 40 is where we're going to get started today. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. Verse 38, and it was so. For he rose up early on the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry upon the fleece and upon the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. For just a second, we'll do a little review about Gideon. Do you ever feel like you just might as well give in to the bully? Oh, this is a good little story to remind us of this. Jack Hanley writes in his book, Fuzzy Memories, there used to be this bully who would de demand my lunch money every day. And since I was smaller, I would give it to him. Then I decided to fight back. I started taking karate lessons, but the karate lesson guy said I had to start paying him $5 a lesson, so I just went back to paying the bully. <laughs> Sometimes we feel like that in our life, right? It's like, oh, I'm getting beat up. I'm going to go, I'm going to take a shot at this, and then like, this is even harder. I don't know what to do. I just give up. And today is a message that when you feel like giving up, that's the time to depend on the Lord the most. Anybody here ever feel like that? <laughs> right? When you feel like, I just, I don't know, I give up, I don't know what to do. That's when we really need to trust the Lord. And I hope the Lord will speak to encourage your heart today. So most of us are probably familiar with uh, Gideon's beginning a little bit, right? We're not going to go all into chapter 6, but Gideon uh, gets a message from the Lord to go and to destroy the Baals, to go and destroy the idols. And when he does, he obediently does that. And then the people gather around his father's house, and they want Gideon's head, basically. They want to take his life. And so they cry out for him, and then Gideon's father says, can't Baal take care of himself? It was a really good argument. If Baal is as powerful as you say he is, then let him take care of Gideon. So then the scripture says that they named Gideon Jerubabal, Jerubabal, basically saying, let Baal deal with him. So that's kind of where Gideon really gets introduced in the scriptures as one of the judges. And then not long after that, the Lord is asking him to go and to deliver his people from the hand of Midian. And we're going to find out in just a little bit, the Midianite army was probably around 135,000 people or soldiers in the army. 
So Gideon will give kind of the Moses excuse. <laughs> like, I'm not capable. I can't do this. Anybody in the church ever have that excuse before? Preacher, I'm not capable. I can't do this. Yeah. Well, those are done today. Okay. <laughs> Gideon says the same thing. I don't think I can do this, God. And so he says, just to make sure that it's really you talking, let's work this out. So what's the first thing he does? What's his first test? Right? We're going to put a fleece up, wool fleece up, and we're going to check the ground. And God, if you're really with me, and if you're going to lead me out to fight against the Midianites, make the fleece, just drench it, but keep the earth dry. And we read it in the King James, it basically says, and it was so. Don't you love that? And it was so. He got up that morning, he went out, and the whole earth, there was no dew on the grass, no dew on the earth. But when he pulled down the fleece, he started wringing it. And the scripture says a bowl full of water is what he got out of the fleece. Now, would you be ready to go fight then? The ask is pretty big, isn't it, right? I mean, we're going to see in a little bit. Gideon's probably talking about maybe 35,000, probably 32,000 is what the scripture says. Soldiers that he's going to have to go face somebody that's almost four times that. I don't know. Do you guys ever question God like that? Now, let's, let's not go too far to this. I don't need to re-preach another whole sermon about fleeces. But when Gideon asked to see if God wanted him to do this, he asked for something supernatural. Are you following me? He didn't ask if the wind is blowing out of the southwest today, then I'll know this is God's will. <laughs> Some days the wind blows southwest, right? But he asked for something supernatural. And he got it. And yet, he said, Lord... Don't be mad at me, but I just want to really make sure this is you. So he follows it up again, right? Second time he says, okay, God, if this is really you, let's do the opposite. You keep the fleece dry, and then you make the earth wet. And what happens? Exactly, right? Then so Gideon is like, okay, I guess this is, this is it. <laughs> Gideon wanted to believe God, but he wanted to be sure because his life was riding on it. God encouraged him, but then he put his faith to the test. And so here's my question for you today. This is the main thing I want you to think about. Will you trust God's power or will you be satisfied with your own strength? Everybody's situations may be different today, okay? For example, one thing I'm kind of thinking about today is just simply our church and how our church is functioning. And it is so exciting to me to see other people coming in and I have to be willing to make space in lots of areas in order for us to grow, right? You know, if, if I was just wanted to be the Travis Penn show, our church is never going to grow, amen? But if I'm willing to make space to let people of different gifts do classes, do musical things, do service opportunities, then I'm going to have to trust the Lord because guess who loses control, right? Now you think about that in your own life today, right? Maybe there's some things in your life that you're like, I don't know if I want to give up control in this area. I like knowing how it's going to function. I think I can make it work just like I want it to be. And if the Lord is speaking to you, there may be some things that you need to give up to him in order to see the amazing thing happen. We can get the big ask if we trust the Lord. We're only going to get the little ask if we trust ourselves, okay? So let's work our way through a few of these tests that the Lord is going to give today. It's a very familiar story, but a good reminder as we think about letting go of control and letting the Lord do great things in our lives. Number one test this morning is the test of fear. So look down, if you would, with me there in chapter 7 in verse 1. 
Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Early in the morning, Jerubbabel, that is, Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Verse 3, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. Have you ever had too much help? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, you guys know that, right? A little too much help? Uh, at school, a lady I used to work with, her name was Sue Slegel, and she was amazing. She's probably one of the hardest working people I've ever been around. And Sue had two theories about accomplishing big projects. So you guys know, like I manage a bunch of iPads. Um, it was a few years ago, we had to do about 3,000 iPads at the high school, get them ready for students. Uh, we managed about 13,000. But this summer it was 3,000. And so we're like, well, if one person should just barcode all 3,000 iPads, we did add it up to hours, and it would probably be in maybe almost three to four weeks for one person to do that by themselves. When you start scaling things, it gets crazy, right? So I had this really brilliant idea. I thought, well, what if we could bring in like the football team at the high school and we'll have like, you know, 60, 75, 80 people come in and we'll have that many people can do this task, okay? Now, the problem was that if you know Sue, Sue, when she did things, everything like looked completely centered, completely perfect. Everything was stuck exactly where it was and it was all laid out in order and it was all sent out in order. And if you're going to take 75 juniors and seniors <laughs> from a high school, that's not going to happen, right? So what she would call that is the Mongolian horde, the Mongolian horde theory. I'm a big believer in the Mongolian horde. I thought this will be awesome. And as a matter of fact, we brought in the football team and we did almost 3,000 iPads in about 50 minutes, the way we had it all set up. Um, it took some prep time to get things ready, but the actual them barcoding the things and being done was about 50 minutes. Now, the barcodes, you know, were all <laughs> kind of everywhere. And so what Sue talked about is, well, sometimes when you get too many people, things start to grow like crabgrass. Because you don't know who did what and where it happened. And the next thing you know, it pops up over here and it pops up over here and you're fighting on and on, right? You ever had too much help? Well, think of this about the Lord this morning. He tells Gideon, you got too many men to fight this battle. Again, let's set out the numbers. 32,000 Israelites, 135,000 Midianites. Does that sound like you have too many men? No, right? And what does the Lord say? He says, I'm afraid that Israel will say that it was by my own strength I have been saved. And so the Lord says to Gideon, go ahead and tell anybody who's scared to go home. So who goes home? The Bible says 22,000 men went back home that day. They were willing to fight, which I admire them for that. They were willing to do the battle, but they were afraid. So they went home. Out of 32,000, 22,000 left. So Gideon's left with 10,000. Here's what I want you to think about this morning. We need to be sure that as a church and as individuals, we are asking God to do things that only he can get the credit for. Amen? Are we trying to get credit? 
That's what we all have to challenge ourselves on, don't we, right? Uh, some people would put it, we need to dream big. Like, what are the, the big dreams that we have? What are the big dreams for our church and the big dreams for your own life? What is your vision? What are you hoping to see God do with your life? But you've got to let him take control and let him do it. Are you afraid of God first or last? Just a week ago on Saturday when I got to speak at the men's retreat up north, that's one of the things that I put out about godly men, faithful men. Faithful men are afraid, I said, and they're afraid of God first. And we see that here with Gideon. He's like, okay, I'm going to trust the Lord. And so 22,000 men fade away, and he's left with 10,000. Let's look at the second test this morning. Going down to verse 4, if you want to, in your uh, book of Judges there, chapter 7, verse 4. The test of the lapping dog. So, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water, and there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cup hands, lapping like dogs, and all the rest got down on their knees to drink. Verse 7, the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but he kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others. And now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. This is insane, isn't it? There's too many. God says, Gideon, Gideon says, I got 10,000, God. Are we ready to go to battle? And the Lord says, no. Let's drop that down a little bit. Take them down to the river. And so you can imagine a lot of hungry young men. I think of our young boys here and some of the things that they might try. And so what did most of the guys do? Oh, man, I'm so thirsty. I'm just gonna, oh, man, I'm just going to drink it up. But there were 300 guys that did what? They were still looking, and they were still drinking. And God says, Gideon, I'm going to give you those 300 guys, and we'll get the job done. So we went from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300, and we're going to go fight 135,000. You think there's any underdog ratio there? <laughs> uh, what do you think the DraftKings would have been on that? Right? Whoa. The betting odds on that would have been insane, wouldn't it? 300 against 135,000? This is just crazy. And so here's what I want to remind you today. God doesn't need much. If you haven't learned anything from the series, you should know this by now, right? God doesn't need much. He needs people who are available and willing to do so that he can do the work through them. God doesn't need your strengths today. He needs your submission. That's what he needs. Lord, here I am. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what you're going to do, but you can use me. And I think sometimes, at least your preacher does, from my experience, a lot of times I'm trying to focus too much. Well, what can I do for God? I'm going to use and I'm going to make it happen. And what God is saying to, to, for me to, to him, it's just, Travis, give me me. Give me yourself, and I can do something with you that way. God can do a great work even with the little things. We know the song, little as much with, when God is in it. So the measure today for you is, do you have faith? Are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to make yourself available? All right, well, let's look at the test of faith. Go down in verse 9. Test number 3, the test of faith. 
During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. Verse 10, if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant, Purah. Here's what I want you to see in all these things. Gideon was afraid. He did fleece one. He was afraid. He did fleece two. He was afraid still here. So he's going to go down and listen in. But all the time he was afraid, what was he doing? He was still obeying. Everybody tracking with that? So I think sometimes as preachers, we may put it in your mind that, you know what? You're not going to have anything to worry about. You're not going to be afraid. Just go in the strength of the Lord. You won't have any fear. But what I want you to see in Gideon is that even though he was afraid, he did not stop obeying the Lord. Right? A lot of the things that we've been dealing with this year that we've been praying for, there's some things, there's some scary things, right? Some of the things that we've been facing, some of the things that we're concerned about for our loved ones and our friends, they are some scary things. But don't let the fear prevent you from submitting your steps to the Lord. Okay, look at verse 11. So go down with your servant pure and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could be no more counted than the sand on the seashore. And Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. Verse 14, his friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. And when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and he worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and he called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Can you imagine that night? Gideon's scared to death. I got 300 people and we're going to go face this massive, massive army. They're making their way through and all they can see is camels for miles and soldiers for miles and tents for miles. And they make their way down to where the Lord told them to go. And as they listen in, this person interpreting the dream mentions Gideon by his very name. And then what's Gideon say? The Lord has got this. Let's go. That's a moment, isn't it, right? The Lord gave him assurance. That's what he needed. And you guys, if we'll trust the Lord, the Lord will give us assurance when we need it. I was trying to share with my Sunday school class this morning. When I was a young man, I was 12 years old. I got saved at six. And then at 12 years old, I had a very serious time of doubting. Like I was just afraid that I wasn't going to go to heaven. I didn't know what all was happening. Why was, you know, what was the decisions I had made? Were they the right choices? And I just didn't know if I was ready to meet the Lord. And on the way home, my dad, we got, when we got home, he gave me the Bible. And in the Bible that he had written the date that I had asked Christ into my heart. And he also showed there where basically I had said that I confessed the Lord as my Savior. <laughs> and then I went back to the Romans road, which that's what I had been memorizing as a child and what my dad walked me through. And it said, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that day, at 12 years old, that was it. From that day forward, it's been like, I know I'm the Lord. And that was the assurance that I needed. And what I'm trying to encourage you today is if you get some doubts and some things, submit yourself to the Lord and he will open those doors where you can get the assurance you need. He gave it here to Gideon as well, right? When it clicked with Gideon, he said, 
Let's go. Let's go fight the battle. John Stott says this, every Christian should be both conservative and radical, conservative in preserving the faith and radical in applying it. And Gideon was ready to do just that. So what I want to challenge you with this morning is what are you afraid of? You don't have to answer out loud, but what are you afraid of today? Can you think about that for a second? Are you afraid of someone that you love, of them experiencing some hurt? Are you afraid that someone may mock you if you stand up for your faith? Are you afraid of that you won't have the right words to say when you know you should be witnessing to someone? Are you afraid of walking up to a person in need and trying to serve them? What are you afraid of, right? What maybe are you unwilling to give to God? Gideon had to give 22,000, and then he had to give <laughs> everything but 300, right? Is there anything today that you're unwilling to give to God? And the scriptures are challenging us today, Lord, again, take what I have and use it for your glory. What does it take for you to act on faith? Again, we say that we love God and we want to help people. Well, what will we do we say that we believe in heaven and hell and we want to be a witness, but when will we act? The Lord will give us the faith and the courage to accomplish his goals for his glory. Just be sure that is the why and the what that you are accomplishing. Again, you guys, I'm so drawn to the Lord's prayer, right? Give us our daily bread and the Lord will give us what we need to do what he wants to do for that day. All right, let's wrap this up. Look down if you would in verse 16. We're going to see man's actions but the lord's power judges chapter 7 verse 16 dividing the 300 men into the three companies he placed trumpets and empty jars into the hands of all of them with torches inside watch me he told them follow my lead when i get to the edge of the camp do exactly as i do verse 18 when i and all who are with me blow our trumpets then from all around the camp, blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hand, the trumpet they were to blow, they shouted a sword for the Lord. They fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shedda towards Zeria, as far as the border of Abel-Mahola near Tabith. Israelites from Naphtali and Asher and all Manasseh were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they He's the waters of the Jordan. Here's all I want you to see real simply this morning. He was scared. He asked for signs. He gave up his resources. He kept following, even though he was not sure what to do. But he obeyed the Lord. And what happened? The Lord did the work. Right? Again, just a real simple, in a very small, simple way. I was over frustrated and stressed and thinking about how am I going to figure out this whole check thing? How am I going to get all the work out? And I had to give it to the Lord. And the Lord took care of it. Right? 
For you guys, it's the same thing. What is it today that maybe you're overstressing, you're trying to figure out how I'm going to take care of your, in my own power, my own ability that you need to give to the Lord? So when the Gideon lined up the guys and his group, his company of 100, and there was the other groups of 100, and they got around the camp, they were doing it with the shift change of the guards. And whenever they smashed those things and all these lights lit up around this Midianite army, they basically, modern vernacular, they freaked out, right? They just got scared to death. And so they started running and screaming. And the scripture says that the Lord caused them to fight amongst each other. Who won the battle? The Lord did. Who got the credit, the victory? The Lord did, right? Because it wasn't the might and the strength and the wealth of Israel. It was their God. I'm going to tell you again today, it's not going to be the wisdom or the might or the richness of you or the wisdom and the strength of the resources of this church. But when we submit ourselves to the Lord, who gets the glory? And we get to be part of the story. We're still telling Gideon's story today, right? What story will God tell about us when we are willing and obedient and in faith we submit and surrender our will to his? What does God want to accomplish through you? Are you trusting and are you obeying? All right, one final illustration today that I think was really applicable, and I hope it'll be a challenge to all of us to be faithful and to give our gifts to God. This is from Gordon Johnson. Many years ago in the city of Minneapolis at Bethlehem Baptist Church, they needed a Sunday school teacher for the junior boys. This class wasn't bad, just energetic. I like how that's worded. No teacher had been able to control them. Ewald Chalberg, a Swedish man, was asked to teach, and he took the junior boys' class. Ewald still had his Swedish accent. Buzzing all over the church was the word, he'll never make it. <laughs> Three weeks, and that will be the end. But somehow, Ewald Chalberg believed God when he took the class, and he stayed with it through the years he kept teaching boys. Some years ago, I was asked to come to that church and share in a service. It was the 10th anniversary of the death of Ewald Chalberg. How do you like that? A layman in the church, and they're celebrating the 10th anniversary of his death. During the service, they recounted at least 40 men were in Christian service somewhere in the world because Ewald Chalberg taught boys, loved them, watched over them as they grew. Ewald Chalberg had faith to believe that God could overcome his human limitations. On the morning of that anniversary celebration, 27 laypersons stood up to say, we're going to be like Ewald Chalberg in a small way. The obscure immigrant with a Swedish accent found significance because he trusted the Lord who said, my idea is bigger than your idea. <laughs> Amen. You guys, most of these underdog stories are simple Sunday school stories that we know from way back, right? But don't let them not affect your heart again. The God of Gideon is the God of cross life. The God of Gideon is the God of you. The same power. And the same desire for you to know him and the same desire for you to be filled with joy and the same desire for his name to be made great. But we have to give our heart and our life to him. And we got to do it every day. So my challenge to you this morning is as you get up in the morning tomorrow, that Monday is tomorrow, the 1st of March. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Monday, March 1st, you'll get up in the morning and say, God, this is your Monday. This is your day. These are your hands and your feet. This is your truck and your house and your kids. <laughs> and this is the things that you have given me. 
you use them to make your name great and to fill me with joy. And if we'll do that every day this week, we will have a week and we can do things like Gideon did. Let's stand this morning.